0: Well, last night, we brought you the story of Daniel Lynz. We spoke to his father, Derek. Uh, Danny was a 17-year-old from a small town in Manitoba, population about 600. Uh, back in February, he received a message on social media, and it very quickly went very wrong. He was uh, encouraged or coerced into providing uh, explicit images. He was then blackmailed almost immediately. Within three hours, he had taken his own life after falling victim to that aggressive sextortion scheme. Here's how his dad expressed it to us last night.
1: He received a message from somebody, you know, claiming to be a young woman. They ended up sending uh, explicit pictures, and within minutes,
0: he was being extorted. And, uh, you know, three hours after that, he had died. That was Derek Lintz last night in our interview. Uh, it's an awful reminder that even as awareness grows of the dangers online, of the predators that exist online, that there are some that there are many that are still very vulnerable to, uh, to these tactics. Few know that better than my next guest. In October 2012, Carol Todd's daughter, Amanda, took her own life by suicide after being the victim of cyber abuse and sextortion as well. The trial of the man accused of being her tormentor is ongoing in British Columbia these days. Carol has taken a stand. She shared Amanda's story, much as Derek did with us last night. She shared it around the world. She's a global advocate now for increasing awareness of bullying, cyber abuse, internet safety, mental health, and more recently, gender-based cyber violence. Carol Todd is also the head of the Amanda Todd Legacy Society, and she joins me now. Carol, thank you so much for your time tonight.
1: Thanks for inviting me, Ben.
0: I thought of you immediately while speaking to to Derek Linz last night, just because it's it's something that you know so well, and, and I guess it, it, it seems, you know, a decade later that the work still needs to be done to raise awareness for teens out there and and those out there willing to wishing to do harm, simply change their tactics as they go on.
1: Oh, definitely, and with the advent of how complicated and um, advanced technology is is getting um, it, its ever presence. Like I've seen um, Twitter messages and, and alerts from the RCMP and from cyber tips and from Nick um, Nick, which is our equivalent of the Canadian Centre for Child Protection on sextortion, and more boys are being targeted right now for whatever reason, right?
0: Yeah, I, I guess perhaps they're just they're vulnerable. I suppose not expecting to be to be coerced that way or, or trapped that way. I would imagine.
1: And I, I totally agree with you. And, and um, everyone has thought it just happens to to girls, but it's happening to boys. But we have to just look at teenagers and youth um, and and the brain development and their sexual development and, and all that. And there's curiosity and and there's vulnerability that um our kids don't feel that being online like that it's safe that it's still safe talking to a person and and sharing images or or sharing personal information um to someone that they don't really know they because that person is not you know at their doorstep they think it's okay but it's not okay As um my family has learned right
0: yeah. One of the things that was that was interesting last night speaking to uh to Danny's father was that he really and I think people take an inspiration from you in this, that as as awful as it is, and as tragic as it is, and as difficult as it is, he really felt the need to talk so that other parents would know. And I can't imagine how tough that is, but you know how tough that is.
1: I do and 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 one of the things is sharing your story because I believe that Other families and and youth, we're in a society where we see reality shows and and we see true crime shows, right? So sharing real-life stories brings it to a place where this can really happen. And, you know, I've heard so many families go, well, I've talked to my child. It's never going to happen to us because I've had that conversation. Well, you have have to keep having that conversation because in a heartbeat, Someone can fall down that rabbit hole, and and not just youth, right? There's there's adults who are being sex sorted too, um, and and that's the awareness out there. We have to keep talking and educating. Um, our our teachers have to keep talking. Our parents have to keep talking. Our our law enforcement, our community leaders need to keep talking about it. We have to normalize the conversation now about what sextortion is, what exploitation is, how easy it can happen, and more importantly, what to do if it is happening.
0: Because I, I imagine, as, as you and you've he- I've heard you talk about this, that it is the shame and the fear that they prey on. Yeah.
1: It, it, the, the predators out there, they say that within, within five minutes, a, a predator knows if uh, a young person is vulnerable and either keeps talking to them or just leaves, leaves that conversation. Right. Um, and, and it's so important to talk to our kids about, you know, if, if something if someone's asking you for images or if you've sent an image um, to tell an adult, because brain development in kids, they it's really hard for them to problem solve adult type problems and, and extortion, exploitation are adult life problems. Right. And so the shame, the judgment, that's what that's what our young people, and that's what Amanda was afraid of was. Um, that she would get in trouble and that um, we already know that she was shamed and she was judged when it went out there. Um, but we have to have that conversation that we can't shame and we can't judge because if we want to stop this, um, I, I liken it to if, if you have an injury, if you sprain your ankle um, and you're a kid, your parents aren't going to know that your maybe not an ankle isn't the right one. Um, but your parents aren't going to know you have an injury unless you tell them, and then they can get mm-hmm. you to a doctor, right? And so with exploitation and sextortion and, and what happens online, even bullying and cyberbullying, no one's going to know unless you tell them, right? Or, or your child talks to you. But your child won't come and talk to you if you're going to threaten to take away their devices or um, they're going to get grounded. You have to have that trust in that communication, in order for that prevention
0: to happen. I know one thing that I was at talking to um, to Daniel's father about last night was just the idea, they have no idea who this was. They have no idea who did this, um, who could have caused this, indirectly or directly. Uh, I yeah. know that someone is standing trial in Amanda's case now. He's pleaded not guilty, but is there any satisfaction in, in the idea that perhaps justice can be done? Is, does that bring any relief, or is it just... Just another step.
1: Um, if you Google Amanda Todd trial, you'll find out all of the things that um, have occurred with this trial and things that have happened in the past. That's all mm-hmm. I can say right now.
0: Yeah, um, no, I agree. It's but, still going but on. It, yeah.
1: But, but it, it does bring me some peace sort of that he was found and that there is obviously some evidence linking him to Amanda. And so we hope that there's a positive ending that believed in Amanda's story that, um, and have given support that justice can be served. I, I really think that this is precedent-setting in, in our country that um, someone was extradited for um, what, what they may have done to Amanda, because this has never been done before, right? In, in yeah. terms of um, sextortion exploitation. So it will set precedents in our legal system for hopefully finding predators and um, convicting them.
0: Yeah, again a reminder that he's pleaded not guilty in this trial. Um the the I, I guess what I was thinking is that for so many parents who who suffer these awful tragedies, they have no way, they don't know what happened. They don't know even who did it, and it must be it must be devastating just to be left with that void and have no idea who was responsible.
1: It is. And and you know what I felt the same way because um, Aiden Kavan wasn't arrested until 2014 and Amanda died in 2012 and she was victimized in 2010. So it was, it was a long wait. And, and when she died by suicide, I just thought, you know what, we're never going to, we're never going to find it and sort of put it behind me in, in that respect. And then in 2014, getting a call from the RCMP that there was a, a fellow that has been charged right in the Netherlands. And so it brought a new chapter on. Um, But I want to say that if, if, you know, any young person out there or parents, um, if if there's some exploitation happening, some sextortion happening, call your local police department, the RCMP in Canada, call CyberTips.ca and and make a report Um, because we have to do something and, and we can't stay silent. And we know that mental health you know, falls into play, and we, we can't, we don't want to lose any more young people to um, this.
0: Well, Carol, thank you as always for speaking out. I think you've uh, given a lot of other parents the strength to do the same, so thank you. And, and my heart goes for, out to, for... to the
1: Lindt family, right? And, yes. and I've, I've yeah. been in touch with mom and dad, so okay. um, Great. So that's, you know, I well, guess, yeah.
0: Thank you so much again for sharing, for sharing again, for sharing Amanda's story and for sharing some advice with uh, parents and teens out there, a, a message that never can be told enough. Thanks, Ben.